It sort of coincides with the point in the show where you lose interest, Dan. <laughs> Which, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. At, at around the, <laughs> that's, that's actually truer. Around the 40-minute mark, Dan loses interest. And then, uh, <laughs> but if you're watching us on Facebook today, uh, today is the 30th of January. Heretofore, to be known as Fancy Shirt Day, as Dan Duran has... Uh, taking it upon himself to uh, pick up the shirt game. Yeah. Make the uh, show a little bit better. Well, it's also Lisa's birthday today. Ah, so that's right. I've oh, written that down. When she how arrives. We, how, would you know? how would you know, Howard? Because I was speaking with Daniel yesterday. Oh. And uh, he was telling me that it was Lisa's birthday. And I wanted to celebrate that by inviting Lisa to come on the show and say hi to everybody. Well, I'll see when she gets up if uh, she's into that. So what have you planned, Dan? Uh, there's a uh, get-together here of her parents and, you know, oh. friends and stuff like that. So My goodness. We'll probably have a little fire outside. She oh. loves a good fire. Oh, very nice. Yeah. You know what you could do, though, if you wanted to do like one of those little boyfriend pranky things where, you know, you take your computer into the bedroom right now and uh, wake Lisa up on the show. <laughs> You know, because women love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Oh, they just—they can't get enough of boyfriend <laughs> pranks, <laughs> non makeup and uh, bad hair and all that. Yeah, you know what I do? I promised all every year for her birthday. One of the promises I make to her is that for this birthday dinner, I won't get up before you're finished, and she really appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and I I'll share. Wait till, um, I'll wait till you're done, doll. You and wow. I share that for some reason. I, and I try and slow down. It's funny. It's interesting that you brought that up because I had lunch with uh, Senora the other day and, and I got two tacos and she got one. This is a true story. I was <laughs> so I was finished the first taco before she'd even taken a bite, really. Like, a, maybe a bite. And I was done taco number two, or dose. Um, and she was still nibbling through the first one. It just seemed insane to me. Well, sometimes Dahl heats her meal halfway through eating it. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <clears throat> She'll be halfway through her meal and take it over and put it in the microwave because she's so dainty and sweet and takes her time. Well, then it's but gone cold. By the time she gets to the second half of her plate, it's not warm enough. So, of course, I don't have that problem. There's enough heat generated by my knife and fork. <laughs> no, it's just a friction. The way we eat, there's just a, a whirling <laughs> dervish. Fred, do you actually get up before the end of the meal normally then and just say, okay, and put your dishes away and let her yeah, finish sometimes, her, yeah. her own? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Why? Just say, make some sort of comment like, "This is a, well, this is excruciating." I'm oh, out. it is. Listen, <laughs> no, like we, we just we, do that where we had like we were at this grocery store, and they have like a food area where they serve. Like, it's kind of cool. They had like some, you know, they a full on like a little restaurant, and so I I almost got up and went back to shopping while she was still finishing. I was like, well, this, I'm just, I'm just sort of was sitting there looking at her like, you know, do, are you going to finish that? Although, you know what I've noticed over the past few months? I'm entering the phase of my life at this age where I'm actually sometimes not finishing my whole meal. Yeah. 
Isn't that weird? I know. It's like, it's, I was never like that, and it's for several reasons, because I could always eat it. Secondly, I didn't like to waste. There was a subconscious thing that way, but I'm finding now that sometimes it's like, oh, I've had enough. That's an age thing, I real, I believe. I, I think you're There's right. A lot of old people, you're, you, you know, to old, like Delisa's mom or dad before my mom, you got to eat. Come mm-hmm. on. You lose appetite as you get older, it seems. You know, I've done that a couple times, and, and, you know, she made me dinner Saturday night. It was a long day, and uh, we started eating, like, at 8 o'clock. For some reason, it was late, and um, she made a big bowl of pasta and some salmon, and I still had some left in the bowl and pushed it away, and I that was very rare for me. I'm like you. I mean, I, I don't know about Dan, but I, uh, I've always been a very good eater, and I've always finished everything you put in front of me. Well, part of my story, too, I should tell, is that usually I over-serve, too, so that's part of it. It all plays together, right? So oh, now yeah. I should just keep that in mind while I'm serving. You know, I've I've said it many times, the the event that dinner time is at, at Dan, even when it's just him and Colton, I've told these stories before, the table's set, the candle's lit, you sit down at the same time. The portions are reasonable you know, for n- normal human being portions. <laughs> That's right. They're reasonable there's com- portions. There's conversation. Neither one of them leaves the impression that the salmon's going to run away or something. So you got to eat it quick. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I have e- I've eaten a lot of meals with Dan Duran, too, though. I've eaten a lot of meals where Dan Duran can sock it away. Dan Duran can do his business at the table. If you if if you give Dan Duran food, he will eat it. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. Here's here's the difference over time I've noticed about me in this whole thing is that it used to be that if I was making a meal or you know there was a meal that that all the food had to be eaten, so there would be no leftovers because it would just I'd go back and whatever. So just over time, I've a little bit less on that, and then you know, hey, there's food for for tomorrow's lunch right. or something. Mm-hmm. I, I've done that more recently you know so have i by the way i've started doing this because i i've been making a lot of food for myself when you make food for one person you know oftentimes there's more than enough and what i've started doing is i've served myself a portion and then put it away so that that's the portion i'm gonna have whereas you know and and i think i mean listen we've all talked about weight loss on this program for a long time and it's no secret that portion control Mm is a huge part of it. Yeah, it's that discipline. Dan, um, you know, you asked, do you just get up? This is no excuse, but sometimes I do because I just want to get up and put my plate in the dishwasher because if I'm waiting for her to finish eating, I might go over and grab more. Oh. You know, it's a crazy game. A psychological game, yeah. That fat guys play, so... And I know you have contempt for such behavior. That's great. It's a crazy game that fat guys play. Oh yeah, Freddie. No, it's a, and what it is. It's a, we we have less control than someone like Dan Duran, who you know grew up as a Hitler youth back in the nineteen forties, and mm-hmm. he uh, but, very disciplined in the old days. Yeah. Well, you do bring up though is that there bring was up. a uh, well, no, yeah, in the. Uh, well, you probably were like that. Your parents would tell you that you had to eat everything on your plate. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. You, mm-hmm. But it was also... Part of that was posture and control, too, because, like, you don't take more than you uh, can eat because you won't get dessert. 
So that was sort of a regulatory thing, I guess, because in, in your brain, you know, it's how you have to eat everything on the plate. And then if you don't, then you won't get dessert. It's just you have to finish it before. you. Why? Go. Did you have dessert every night? We didn't. Jesus. Oh, yeah, we used to. Yeah. Really? Growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have dessert every night. And I was a terrible eater as a kid. I just well, I, I remember being tortured by my parents having to sit there. My brothers were done. They could leave the table and I would be the last man standing there trying to choke it down. One of the dumbest things I ever did as a kid, I was at the table. I wouldn't eat these peas. I didn't like peas. Now I love them. It's crazy. But I wouldn't eat peas, and it was one of those nights, you're not getting up until you eat those peas. You know, and there's a whole, you know, opinion on psychology, whether that's the right thing to do or not. But, hey, it was the 60s. And right beside the counter, there was this box of um, detergent, laundry detergent. Mm. And, and just the top flap was open. So when my mom left the kitchen, I was taking the peas and throwing them into this. Sure. <laughs> and there was still, like, detergent in it. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. It was just, you know, I have to get them out of my sight. I can't eat these things. I'm going to puke. And, of course, it wasn't the next day. <laughs> it wasn't until the next day or the day after my mom went to use the powder and all these peas come pouring out into the into the washing machine. <clears throat> And I remember at the time we were saying, what were you thinking, Freddie? Like, what, what did you think that? And I couldn't answer it, of course. Well, you hadn't. You, you were just a, a junior caper boss at that point. You hadn't really, you hadn't really thought <laughs> it through. I didn't think the caper through. You didn't that think it through. Empowered. See, my, yeah. my, and I've said this, like, you want to talk about psychological. Like, my, you know, my dad was very strict. You know, as I said, uh, my joke has always been that, uh, you know, our family... You know, our, my dad had a menswear store, but our family business was tension. And no more, <laughs> the, the most tension in my family was at dinner time. And, yeah. and how I started to discover I had a, a knack for being somewhat funny is I would make my brothers laugh because my, my, our, our dinner tables were like that kind of laughing in a funeral where no one was talking and I was like cracking right. jokes at them. But uh-huh. I remember many nights sitting there trying to cover up all the things on my plate that I couldn't eat right. or wouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just, it, it was, I didn't eat any of that food. Peas. I didn't eat eggs yeah. until I was a teenager. Wow. I remember my dad had this thing. If we weren't eating well, uh, he would, he would point his fork at us and go, just say, eat, eat. I remember that vividly. Yeah. Another interesting thing. You know, when you interesting? hit that. Interesting. Is it? Interesting. That turning point, and Johnny Slapshot has recently gone through that, where there's so many things on the plate you don't want, and getting through a meal is a struggle, and then all of a sudden one day, puberty, whatever it is, now all of a sudden you want everything, you like everything, you want to eat, and he's like that too now, it's like, wow, he likes everything now. Well, that's pr- that was that was that was probably what it was for me. I didn't like anything yeah. until I got into my teen years, and then yeah. I would start to eat everything because I was hungry all the time. Right. Um, hey, let's officially start the show. And what you said a second ago, though, about it being the '60s, and of course, so it was it was different times, Dan, during the '60s when mm-hmm. your parents were putting other cigarettes in the food. Oh yeah, <laughs> my parents okay. were classic for that. Oh. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that. This episode of Hummel and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Hummel and Fred studio in Puerto... Por- now you got me here. Puerto, Puerto Aventuras. Aventuras. Puerto... Puerto Aventuras. Yeah. 
from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a worldwide sports portal, and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, 4-on-1, Bogart, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who have done this show so long that they have turned it into a wellness check. Yes, we find out again today if they're still all there. It's Humble and Fred. It is indeed. Thank you, Dan Duran. Larry Fedoric will join us today. Always a pleasure catching up with Larry. World-class talker. Lots of subjects. Comes prepared. Mike Kazarian will talk mortgages later on in the show. Got some bad news for you Taylor Swift haters coming up as well. Um, but first, I want to uh, thank a bunch of listeners reached out to me yesterday, Dan. I already talked about this with Fred. Uh, giving me advice. Uh, some counsel as far as my rental car nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, one of them, uh, Debbie Lynch, had quite a bit to say. Uh, I want to tell you one of the things she said. She said, just a suggestion, you contact your credit card company. I'm going to do that. To verify if you can either dispute the charge, says Debbie, or at least report it as potential uh, fraud. She said, you'd be amazed at what the credit card company can do. And then she goes on to say, Dan, make sure you tell the credit card company that you want to dispute a transaction. You have 30 days to do this. Be firm and escalate if necessary. Pull a Dan Duran. Talk to the supervisor. (laughs) She says, fraud is also an option. Uh, thank you, Debbie. I, I just love the fact that she references pulling a Dan Duran. I, you know, and, and it's <laughs> interesting. True. It's interesting, funny that she said that because there was a moment the other day. I didn't say this. I didn't tell Fred this, but there was a moment the other day. I thought, you know what I should do? I should just present all this material to Dan. I don't know what he's doing all day. And just say, Dan, for a percentage of the ref- of the refund, go crazy, right my friend. Is, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a service, actually. Yeah, we've talked about, about yeah. this. Is this is what you yeah. should do? Remember, I've I've called you know, and we've been talking so much about Cockface lately. We've forgotten Wank.com, My idea for you as the you know complaint ombudsman for people. Look at that guy's making millions off disputing uh, timeshare contracts. Exactly. Right? You could do you could do that. I was reading an article on this guy. He's pretty much got the market cornered too. It's weird. Forget his name, but yeah, he's the, I hear him on uh, cable news all the time. Yeah, but, but and he's yeah. What, what's that? Yeah. What's that service where they, it's a handy pers- handyman service called um, Jiffy? Jiffy. Mm-hmm. Dan could be the Jiffy of you know disputing with companies. Because you're so Talking good at manager, it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, wow. One thing I did do that, I did a Dan Duran thing. I, as I've told you, um, I've sent letters to the sort of credit card. I'm not, not the, um, the third party uh, broker, the company I use called Discover Cards. Cars. I've sent letters to Europe Car. And I was telling Freddie this morning, Dan, that I put a, a review of Europe Car. I'm sorry, of Discovery Cars. On something called Trustpilot. Have you ever heard of that? No. What is Trustpilot? So it's a, a place for people like you to um, review on a trusted. It's a, like it's like Google reviews, but it's just reviews. And sure enough, I put a review of Discovery Cars on there yesterday, and they contacted me today. 
And really? will yes, they did. And I will. Uh, they said, give us a. They gave me another email to email them directly, and uh, they said they will see if they can get a refund. How do they get paid? I'm sorry. Well, how does Trust Pilot get paid? I how guess they, they put they put ads and stuff on there. I don't know. Oh, okay. They don't want a piece of what you get back. That type. Of, it doesn't go that deep. No, sir. Okay. So, so and they're just looking for traffic through this kind of thing. Right? Uh, I guess yeah. um, they sent me a note. This is from the, this is from discoverycars.com. And they sent me a note and the, they ended it by saying, I will investigate a possible way to compensate you for this inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Well, fellas, I got an email or a WhatsApp message text from my brother-in-law Clyde yesterday. And he said he gave me an example of something that happened to him in Alberta. You know, this insurance thing's becoming a big part of the car rental industry. Because when you slice and dice it, like, look what you spend. Like, my vehicle, and it's not very good, but, it, it, you know, a couple of grandy. In your 60s, like, it's a, like 2000 a year or something to insure your car, right, in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. When you think what these car companies, these car rental companies want for, like, a week or two weeks of insurance, it's just totally out of whack. Like, it doesn't make sense on any level. So it's become an industry unto its own. In fact, I've heard it argued they make more money off insurance sales than they do in actual car sales. Freddie, that's exactly how they make their money. Yeah. The reason they upsell you at the point of contact, because I've got all this documentation that, that proves I was given a price. I showed Fred this morning down. I shared my screen and I, I said, look, it says I've got full coverage. The, the way the, So that's, that's fine for Europe cars, the international uh, body. But how the local people make their money is by upselling you on this extra insurance that they make you think you have to have. When in right. fact, I could have... Again, you know, I, I know it's it's a lot of it. It's my fault. I just got it was unnerving, and they made it's me not. feel. I'll just say that they made me feel like they wouldn't rent me the car unless I took this insurance. Now, at first, I felt stupid, and I, you know, a couple of days of feeling like a, an idiot. And then I've looked and read. It's it's universal. That's how they do it. It's a technique. It's a and technique. You, you, you've come off a long flight or exactly. whatever. It's a long travel day to begin with. Your your defenses mm-hmm. are down a little bit. You're in the last minute. What are we going to do if we don't have this thing right. that we already set up and whatever? So they've kind of got you over the barrel, and it's like, and then you're not necessarily thinking as as straight as you should be when you take on something like that. That's that's it's. It's hey, is this company uh, Discover? Uh, is that is it a big company like uh, yes, like Avis and Hertz? No, no. So kind of do you understand, Discovery Cars is the website that I booked Europe Car Ag- through. Aggregator. It's an aggregator. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I did again. I spent yesterday looking at Avis, uh, Hertz, all the big national, all of them here in Cancun. Universally, this is the technique they use. And I thought I did some due diligence beforehand the one person i should have talked to is our friend darren because you know he got i have the same credit card as him and and uh he got this letter from the credit card company basically assuring the the company that they rented the car and that they were insured Mm -hmm. yeah it's something and howard it's not your fault you showed me the contract it says uh, protection or whatever it is, coverage protection, and everything's ticked with a yes. price. So, 
and you're right like it's bullshit yeah the pressure tactics they you know they've got you in a corner and you know a couple of times i've gone to florida for seven days and i thought you know what i'm covered by my credit card but i'm just gonna buy for seven days it's not that much peace of mind if i have a problem and i don't have to go through my insurance company and that's just ridiculous go through my insurance company or i you know get a hold of the um uh, the credit card company and say you know i got to make a claim through credit card and all that that entails um it's just the wrong thing to do you should use your credit card insurance because now you're double insurancing yourself and the probability of having a problem or an accident are so minute you know if you do then yeah go through the hassle of your credit card claim but but you know that's irony is the irony of what you just said is because I put it on that credit card yeah. I am like ju- doubly covered now. Yes. So if something happened I can also claim it on my credit card which is again the, the irony. Another no, thing no, you no. said that's um No 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 no. no. That's one thing about the minute you agree to outside insurance your credit card your um credit card insurance is void. Okay. An- another thing you said uh, again the irony of insurance Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just, um, you know, I just got a new car and I have a brand new car that's costing me less to insure for the year than mm-hmm. this piece of shit for yeah. 60 days. Yeah. Like, you know, if the if, if the insurance was reasonable, you might be able to get your head. Absolutely. Around it, on if some it was level. like $7 a day, $5 a day, something. Yeah. It's 35 US a day is how they got me. Okay, so I'm, not, I'm wrong. I'm off a bit. My, 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 my insurance in Toronto for this car that I got is 300 something, 350 a month for, so it's 3,600 a year. This is $2,600 extra they charged me for insurance. Wow. But anyway, I just want to wrap it up by saying that this trust pilot, I'm sure some people listening have heard of it. And um, I got I got action from it, Dan, immediately. I've heard using social media and I've never done that. But yep. like you have. But it, but if I was in your situation, I definitely would go down that road because the, the uh, bad publicity around it is certainly something that companies are now paying attention to in the uh, social media field. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I've also and, and uh, I've also left reviews on uh, Europe Cars uh, site. I've contacted Europe Car directly. You know, I'm doing what I can, Dan. I'm doing what I can. I'm Dan Duranting the shit out of this. Abs- that's great. Hey, Fred, how's your uh, how's your claim against uh, was it Air Canada, whatever for your? Uh, oh, your nowhere, nowhere. Oh, I gave up. I sent uh, a thing back saying, you know, like you told me to, but I haven't heard anything. But again, I haven't lost any sleep over it because I wasn't going to do it to begin with. Dan Duran, an ally. It's a great ally to have in your corner when you want to Dan Duran the shit out of something. Um, yeah. I don't know where to start. There's so much to go. There's so much going on. You know, years ago when Fred and I first started this podcast, I was still a really frequent listener of uh, Howard Stern. And Freddie, I'm not. Sh- I'm sure you remember this, but Dan, you may not because you weren't involved with us at the time. But you know, at around the beginning of the podcast revolution, and kind of a few years after we started, where podcasts became part of the the everyday conversation. Do you remember Stern, Fred, talking, poo-pooing it, thinking, talking about how dumb it was, oh, yeah. and you know, Stern, and and you know, Stern's pretty smart in a lot of ways. But he was completely wrong about this. 
Mm-hmm. And, and his rap at the time was very much like, you know, there's no way you can get, you have to learn, you have to get on the radio to prove, to, to, mm-hmm. to prove you can, you know, get an audience. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring it up is I was uh, looking at an article this morning that Sirius XM, the company that employs Howard Stern, has just signed Smartless, a uh, three-year deal for $100 million. Sirius has. Sirius has. So just a, a, a podcast. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've, I can't remember if I have, if I have the story here. Um, I saw the headline, but what I was wondering, does that mean uh, they're not doing their podcast anymore? Oh, no, they're, they, they're going they're to do in a podcast. They're, I, I don't, I mean, where's the story here? How is that presented on Sirius? Like, like I know on Sirius, like, that's a stupid question. I know how they present podcasts, but it's usually of live sh- shows that have been live. Yeah. Become podcasts a lot like terrestrial radio does. But this is going to be exclusive podcast. That's interesting. Okay. Well, I don't Very have that answer. I don't have that answer. Here we go. Uh, Smartless podcast leaves Amazon for 100 million plus mm-hmm. uh, deal with Sirius. Mm hmm. Uh, along with uh, the, because they do other. Apparently, Sean Hayes does an, another podcast as well. Him and uh, Will uh, something. Um, what's his face? Arnett. No, no, the other guy from Will and Grace. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. Or I, I don't know. Anyway, so um, it. I don't have the details about how they're going to run it. But remember, SiriusXM has that app. So maybe. Oh no, I know it's fantastic as well. Yeah, it is. There's another thing with SiriusXM. If you phone to get a subscription, like the price is outrageous, and you can talk them down to like a quarter of what they asked for. Oh yeah, ask for <laughs> it's something. So there's a little uh, word of advice for the for for those of you out there. I mean, you can. I think I'm paying a hundred dollars for the year right now. It's reduced service. Like I don't get a lot of stuff that I would never listen to, which is fine. But anything I want. About a hundred bucks a year. Oh well, from and and I I canceled my Sirius um, satellite subscription because the car I have now doesn't support it. So I just have it as a Bluetooth option, and it's costing me I think eight dollars a month mm-hmm. for my app. Uh, I'm looking at the story. Uh, Go ahead. That's so the. I would suggest. Yeah, I know. I was no. I, I'm just doing the math here because what they ask for Sirius would be more than you had to pay for Amazon. You got Amazon free if you subscribe to the delivery service, right? And Amazon is where was their previous home, right? Yes. So it's yeah. I mean the. So the barrier to entry is going to be similar, probably. It says Sirius uh, XM members will also have uh, have early ad free access. It sounds to me like it's just going to be on the app. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the other three podcasts are part of the Smartless Media Network: Just Jack and Jill, Bad Dates, and Owned. Hundred million plus. The Amazon deal was between sixty and eighty million. And and over really, what I wanted to talk about is the idea that. You know, Howard Stern was so wrong about podcasts. And, oh, and, and right. at the time, you know, when he listened to him talk about you had to be a radio show and then, and, mm-hmm. you know, who, earn your stripes, earn your stripes. But who yeah. could have imagined? I mean, in his defense, though. Right. Who could have imagined Will Arnett, Jason Bateman and another famous guy from TV would be doing a podcast? And I looked at the charts this morning. It's the number one podcast on comedy overall. I mean, it's. It's incredible how popular it is. Mm-hmm. 
and zero next to no overhead. They all <laughs> no, do it exactly. from their own homes. It's, it doesn't really cost anybody anything to put it up there. So the hundred million, I mean, that's say they had ten million in costs. Like that's thirty million each yeah. over how many years? Three over the years. Next two years or three years? Not bad. You know, I, I thought the same change. thing. I took. I did a walk yesterday. It was an hour and uh, three minutes. I know that because it was an entire smartless episode. And now, having read that story, Dan, like those guys must be pinching themselves because they all make a lot of money in, in a year doing various projects. Right. But as you just pointed out, not sitting around in their pajamas. No. Once a week. Yeah. I heard Will Arnett on Fly in the Wall with David Spade. Um, Dana Carvey forgot about it. Can you imagine that? Will Arnett's your guest and you forget? Yeah. Oh, I forgot we were doing a podcast today. Anyway, he does it with David Spade, and David Spade's giving him the gears a bit, like, about Smartless and the money they've made off it. Obviously, Fly in the Wall isn't there. I mean, it's probably there on some level, but not that level. No. <laughs> Yeah, but even even so, like if they're making, if Will Arnett and those guys are making, you know, a hundred million over three years, I'm guarantee you that Spade and, and Dana Carvey are making a few million. Yeah, probably. Well, I don't, I don't know. Have they been bought by any service? Yeah, they've got I, I sponsors. That. Oh, they got sponsors, but the the key is to be bought by a service, right? Like Spotify or Sirius. I mean, that's. That's the uh, that's the big dough. Yeah, that's what we're waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Well, they Canada. were on Amazon, so Amazon did pay them for that. Oh, yeah. They, they could do the advance, you know, the advance mm-hmm. show. What, uh, Dana Carvey was on? They were on Amazon? Oh, oh no, I, I'm sorry. No, I you were still talking oh, about Oh, Dan Smartless. just checked back in. Yeah, we've mentioned that. Yeah. And, you know, podcasting habits, per se, what is, what's the big advantage of it's on our like the one you listened to was probably released more than a week ago or whatever, you know, and then it's on all the services. So, yeah. I, what's I, I just again? I would like to sit in on those on those meetings. How it works to their benefit. Let's let's give these guys a hundred million dollars, and what benefit is it to us, really, when ultimately it ends up on all services? Well, maybe the benefit is in the advertising too. Maybe yeah, if you pay, yeah. if those guys are paid the, the money by Sirius and Sirius is now the network that keeps the advertising, that's got to be plus, it. Plus Stern is not available on other services. So maybe it's going to be exclusive to Sirius. Maybe it won't be uh, available on Spotify going forward or Amazon or iHeart or whatever you might find it on. Exclusive rights. That's what I just read yeah. here. It says a multi-year deal for exclusive rights around the flagship podcast. But I would also yeah. then go back to what I said. They must be getting the advertising because there's no way that. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's generating. I mean, I listened to again. I listened to yesterday. And their advertisers, there's three stops a, a show, and it's all all the big advertisers. Mm-hmm. Better Health. Um, it's all those satellite who was, advertisers. Who was the guest that you listened to yesterday? Penelope Cruz. Oh, okay. Yeah, it must be nice to call in favors like that. Who should we get this week? Oh, Penelope Cruz. I know her. Oh, okay. well, what? Yeah, on the show. It's funny you say that because 
What it it's has, very funny. I it's say funny. That, yeah. when, mm-hmm. Is it interesting? <laughs> it's curious. <laughs> but what that show has become more and more is less about what you just described and more about who's promoting a movie. Because Pel- Penelope yes. Cruz didn't know any of those guys. But oh, she's okay. promoting... This is a... I guess the show is a few weeks old. She was promoting uh, the movie Ferrari with Adam Driver. He was also a guest a couple weeks ago. So yeah. now they're becoming part of that machinery. Yeah. That uh, Will Arnett appearance on Fly in the Wall, he was actually in Toronto when he was doing that. Because Spade was bugging him about the 416. They were talking about... You know, telephone exchanges, and then oh, that's Will right. Started, yeah. Will started talking about six four seven. He didn't mention nine oh five, but that was oh. cute for a Canadian to hear. Notice, I said cute, not interesting. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's the that we I, we I can we can assure the audience that the humble and Fred show is not making any kind of smartless dough. No. Funny little country we live in. I mean, I I would like to know what the most successful podcast is in the country, in Canada, and know what the revenue is <laughs> like. Like, like, I, I, what would that be? Like that guy that Jesse Brown, I think. Really, uh, I think so. I mean, I checked the uh, top uh, two hundred. Apple mm-hmm. can um, podcast comedy podcast uh, charts today, and mm-hmm. I think we were one ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the top two hundred is a pretty good spot for the Humble and Fred show. But of, okay. of those two hundred top podcasts, one hundred and ninety of them are Smartless, Joe mm-hmm. Rogan, Mark Marin, Americans. So somewhere in the top ten to fifteen Canadian podcasts is this little juggernaut, Dan. Known as the Humble and Fred Show. If this if this show if your whole careers was in America, this would be at an entirely different uh, financial conversation. You there would be a lot more. Oh, money. Dan, you'd be wearing a much fancier shirt than that <laughs> <laughs> on fancy shirt day. You would on fancy shirt day. You'd yeah. be wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'd like. It's in uh, this. Uh, what 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 did Rogan call Canada recently? A frozen communist shithole that's what canada is uh-huh wow because he's so well informed but that's a whole other series yeah i've forgotten what 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 is his what was his deal it was hundreds of millions of dollars his latest one's 200 million i think and and listen we we can get into the conversation about what a doofus he is but i gotta tell you there's a there's another and back to the Stern conversation, could at the time Stern was talking about this, none of us could have ever imagined that a guy like Joe Rogan mm-hmm. was going to become this big in terms of the the listeners and the number of the dough he makes. No, he jumped into it early. And I often think about us again, whatever level we're at. If we hadn't have sort of been first out of the blocks, would we still be doing this? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, no, what do you mean? Explain. Well, we started doing this podcast 13 years later. We're still doing it. If we'd have started doing it after a bunch of other radio people had started doing it, would we have the same success or been able to be as successful with sponsorship? And I mean, the key for us was 
we were early. I mean, as far as Canada goes, we were some of the first guys to do what this, what we're, what we're doing still. That's all. I, again, I, maybe it wouldn't change at all. I'm, I'm just saying it was sometime after we started doing this that radio stars, stations started taking their morning shows and making podcasts out of them or, you know, people done with radio maybe looked at what we were doing and tried it themselves i'm just saying if that had been well established when we started yeah would we have had the same success and i think that explains rogan he was in it real early well and and but also i mean the, the ones that the, the big the big podcast when we started and i just looked again i saw his name today adam carolla uh was one of the top podcasts in the day 12 years ago but yeah. what i think i could not have seen and maybe you did or didn't but for some reason, I just thought of podcasts were going to be basically, I don't know, sort of niche things, and, mm-hmm. um, and but not hosted by some of the biggest names in the world. Like when you when you think about, you know, Jason Bateman and I'm not the biggest names, but they, like all of a sudden there's all these famous people that do podcasts. Yeah, I could have never thought making, that. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones making the money. You know the. Um you know, the standard guy in his mom's basement isn't making any money. He's getting the same exposure. You're on all the same platforms, yeah. right? Um, but Dan would tell you there's also yeah. a whole other category that we're not even, we don't even talk oh, no, about much, like the news and information category, the New York Times podcast, the cut, and all those things. They're making big money too. Maybe they're not making, you know, famous Hollywood celebrity money. But if you look at the, the the top charts now, there's lots of you know podcasts that are famous that aren't hosted by famous people mm-hmm. that are making a lot of dough because mm-hmm. of subject matter. Because of subject matter, the, yeah. or the the mm-hmm. host, uh, you know, like the New York Times or something has such influence, right? There's a lot yeah. of money out there because it's it's come out of traditional broadcasting, terrestrial broadcasting, and gone into uh, into the, the this podcasting space mm-hmm. and social media space for sure you know that old thing about radio if you had a morning show like we did you had certain benchmarks and people would go oh, i like it when you do that i like it when you do the humble report or whatever well that's what podcasting is it's almost it's like you can go to the thing you actually like you don't yeah. have to listen to a bunch of shit around <laughs> it you Sorry. go right to what you want and therein lies the success right Exactly. If you want to hear mm-hmm. some guys talking about a particular thing in a particular yeah. way, you don't have to wade through all the other bullshit that you're not mm-hmm. interested in. Mm-hmm. I think one thing you and I could say without, um, with certainty, I should say, if it wasn't for podcasting, you and I would not be broadcasting anywhere today. Oh, no way. No, no. It would have been a long time ago that we would have stopped Oh. Any kind of semblance of a of a career. Oh yeah, and I wonder what I what we would have. Well, maybe you would have been, become a big film producer. Are you talking to me or Dan? No, you. You were. Oh yeah, I was a big film. Maybe producer. you would become a big Hollywood <laughs> film producer. <laughs> That's right. I thought you were going to say I would have become like Weekend Swing at Boom. Uh-huh. Hey, it's uh, twelve <laughs> o'clock. Time for the Howie G Show. <laughs> It is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you want to make hundreds of millions, but just, again, think of that since the past 13 years. Much rather do this than something else. Than sell furniture at Leon's? Yeah, that. 
Mm-hmm. And we should talk about that story at some point. Maybe not today, but Leon's is going mm-hmm. into the home building business. Uh, Dan Duran's news will be part of this show. Dan, when you come back, tell Lisa we want to wish her happy birthday. Okay, I will. All right. All right. Larry Fedoric will be uh, with us in a few minutes' time. In the meantime, we have sponsors that support this program. And why don't we take a second and acknowledge them, Fredzy? Well, Tim, uh, Nibblet is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And, uh, well, uh, as you've come to uh, know that uh, Tim, you know, taking some time off. And Jay Bondi has been sitting in for Tim. And uh, he'll be by again tomorrow talking about, you know, plans early in the year again. You know, you got to set out your your plan if you're, if you're you know, just starting, uh, you know, a portfolio or... You know, you've got one and you want to, you know, reset. Yeah, there's a lot of planning that uh, needs to take place. And a guy like Jay Bondi can help you with that. Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca is where to contact Tim and thus Jay Bondi, who will be by tomorrow. Yeah, Jay's with us tomorrow. Jay's doing great. Sherpa 2, that's what I'm calling him. Sherpa 2, Sherpa 1. Um... You're going to talk about Bodog a little bit later. Uh, one of uh, part of our commitment is to, uh, you know, let Bodog talk uh, on their own behalf. Of course, the uh, big game a couple of weeks away. Um, I can't remember. Did you have any? Or there's not the is the early line out yet on that? Yeah, I mentioned it yesterday. Pretty much a toss up. I haven't looked today. I will, but I imagine it's steady. All right. Well, in the meantime, here's about a little message Feeling from these people. on the sidelines. Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle. I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right. It always takes a couple seconds for uh, El Fed to get settled down a bit. Let's see if he's ready. Are you ready? I believe so. Excellent. Uh, Welcome back to our program. One of our favorite uh, guests. He is a podcaster, a broadcaster, the award-winning host of Later That Same Life. Always got something to say. And... uh, Larry, we were just talking about broadcasters and podcasting. Uh, the, the big story about Smartless right. uh, just signed with SiriusXM for a hundred million dollars. You're, you're, yeah. well, Freddie and I were just saying like a lot of ex-broadcasters have have tried this. A lot of them have failed at it, but you've done very well for yourself for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you're immensely talented. But you also have this, you have a good work ethic in terms of sticking to it and a unique perspective as opposed to just another bunch of old radio guys sitting around bullshitting like us, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, How long have you been doing it now? Uh, I'm up to, I'm approaching 100, so it's a weekly, so 150 episodes of Later That Same Life. I'm getting near there, so that's about three years. And then I did about two years of uh, just over, about a year and a half of I Was Eight. Yeah, very so, impressive. Whatever that is, that's about four years, and and uh, kind of been at it. And interestingly, wanted to do it 
probably got a little late to it, but still around 2018, 2019, I was like, I should do a podcast. Even though I had a daily kind of radio show job, I was like, I should do a podcast. That would be fun. And, um, and then th- that was just expedited or whatever when, when I was let go. It's like, well, okay, I guess I got time now. So that was it. Larry, what have the podcasts done for you? I, it's, it, it's, it's given me a, a platform. So I, I don't know that it's it's not super wildly successful or viral or some do better than mm-hmm. others. And this is going to sound corny as hell, and I apologize. But y- you get a note, like, from a regular somebody who, like, I, I post the podcast on my YouTube channel on Wednesday night. And, and then it goes on all platforms on Thursday morning. And uh, a routine for whatever reason. But anyway, um, when you put it on YouTube and suddenly there's... Like immediately, five people were waiting for it. They got the mm-hmm. notification they wanted. Somebody sends me a note and says, "I've been waiting for somebody to say this." Or, and that's the corny part. It's just that means something. So I'll I'll do it for those ten people, you know. Uh, and and I've always had the platform. If I wasn't on the air, I was on stage doing comedy. I needed. I don't know if you can either one of you relate to this. I needed a platform. I needed oh, somewhere yeah. to go and. And talk for whatever's wrong with me that I need that uh, uh, that I need that applause and approval. I do need it, and and this gives it to me. Well, that's why I asked that question because uh, we can relate to that. I mean, bottom line for Howard and I, and again, I can speak for him in this situation. It's been thirteen years of not having to touch our investment portfolio, which is very key. <laughs> but from that, seriously, but from that also has been what you just described still being part of it still sort of being in the trenches on a different level different platform different way but still being to exercise that muscle that well howard just mentioned it you know what if podcasts didn't exist we wouldn't probably have gotten back into radio what would we have done wouldn't be as happy as we are right now that's for sure well i i just i I enjoy the process i i've always Mm. been kind of a production junkie as well so i get to kind of do it you know you guys the empowerment of just being able to call the shots mm-hmm. <laughs> uh saying whatever pretty much whatever you want within uh obviously reason reasonable lines of legality and but it's um yeah i i just i just love it all love did it you from um, the writing process right through to posting it. yeah right and, and again and yours is different than ours i mean we're doing you know our podcast is basically that's why i brought up the fact that neither of us would have had radio gigs at this age but our podcast is basically a long form talk show really right um yours is a podcast in the true sense that it's sort of niche in that it's you and uh, a, a theme it's thematic it's it's um produced you you do you take a lot of care with it um for folks that haven't heard later that same life just give us some of the parameters how long is it it's usually about 20 to 25 minutes and it's a uh, the line i came up with about a year or so ago it's a it's a topic discussion or story from our lives so that is kind of gives me the excuse I need to just talk about whatever's up that week. Now, because there's about a week delay because of production and all that kind of stuff, it's not it's not here's the top story today. It's not it's not live like you guys, you know, where I can just whatever people are talking about, I can do it. But I try and pick those those topics that that have a life of a couple of weeks or whatever, whether it's the epidemic of loneliness or or. Uh, um, do, I just finished one on Groundhog Day, and that that 
people, you know, I don't want to say it's timeless, but it's it's mm. got some life for a couple of weeks, and then I'm on to something else. That's um, yeah, that got my attention. The latest episode called "Epidemic of Loneliness," right? Exploring loneliness. That's that's uh, yeah, very interesting. And how how much of, of that is tied to social media? People all of being, it. Yeah, being so insular now. Because in my it, opinion, all of it. It was yeah. this was actually declared by the uh, Surgeon General of the United States last year. Said it's an epidemic of loneliness. And if you want, really go across all developed countries, it's pandemic. And mm-hmm. people say the connectivity. Well, one thing people said was COVID uh, was probably the cause of it. And what what the Surgeon General said is COVID just lifted the curtain on a problem that already existed. Mm-hmm. So it it's and they say it's connectivity is one of the main culprits. I say it's the culprit. Well, isn't that ironic, though? Like, we've never been more connected. We've never had more access to information and content, and yet never felt more isolated. Right. And it's not just the usual subjects or suspects, I guess. Like old people. Like old people and kids and single people who live alone. You know, it's like, it's them, and and it's everybody else. It's... It's lack of human content, and I am not a doctor. Uh, Wait a second, I no? Don't, uh, I don't <laughs> what? hang a what? shingle. How it is? I'm a doctor, <laughs> but I, I it's it's totally because it's the human connection, and and my the theory I put forth in in the podcast is that. We're not going to stop technology. We've tried. We've, you know, last year they all those. There's like 1,100 signatories on an open letter. Pause. Uh, AI and what what happened? Nothing. Not yeah. nobody paused. Uh, the the guy at, at ChatGPT at OpenAI was was let go and then rehired a week later because the staff revolted. No, let's move forward as fast as we can. So instead of trying to stop, uh, we checks and balances. Yeah, we should be looking at. At, at uh, AI and, and all connectivity, but we're not going to stop it. So what we should do is just try and increase the human contact. Uh, well, you know, it's tough when we were all of us guys in our 20s, 30s, whatever. If, if you wanted to interact, you left the house. I mean, you just did. That was the only yeah. way to interact with people. Right. You literally left. That was unless it was a long phone call. But um I just wonder now, is there a bar scene now? Like the 20-somethings, do they go to a bar on Friday nights like we used to and hang out and meet chicks? Like, I guess they do. I mean, nobody I know. My kids are all around 40 now. They're beyond that. But, like, what's that like nowadays? Where it used to be if you wanted to meet a girl or you wanted to interact with people, you left the house and went to a gathering place. That's... It's changed. Have, have you seen them out together? Have you I seen don't. them out together? You know what? <laughs> this is them out together. Down on their phones. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I, yeah. I, listen, I have a 25-year-old daughter. My 29-year-old yeah. uh, daughter, she's still... I want to get to that in a second about about isolation, but but I, I would say my, but Spencer's, there's a scene out there. Her and her yeah. friends go out you know, and you know, my daughter doesn't drink, but they they do go out on mass. Yes, they still have some of their. They're always taking pictures. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. They're always taking pictures of themselves in every stage of the evening. But I I see them out in some kind of scene. But I wanted to comment on Charlie about you know because what I thought you were going to say, Fred, is when we were younger, all our working lives, when we wanted to interact with people, we went to work. 
a big part That's of our social well, activity yeah. was being around folks in an office. Mm-hmm. So my eldest daughter, Larry, works in New York remotely. She never interacts with people other than the one week a month she goes there. The rest of the time. She's just interacting people on a screen like we are. And I don't think that's the healthiest thing. I, I've said that, that, you know, you, she'll go days and days without other, other than her boyfriend that she lives in, without human contact at the office other than this. Well, my, my daughter works for an international media data company. Uh, when they got hired, when she, they hired her and they have offices in New York and Madrid and London and and this is her day. But they said to her, you'll never have an office in Toronto to go to. Right. We're not setting up an office. Right. There's four employees, I think, in Toronto. And they all work remotely. And they all work remotely with London, New York, and Paris, and what have you. Yeah, Larry, these thing. kids nowadays, these kids are getting hired and will work and then move on to other jobs without ever having done anything like but this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to your point, what I, again, what I thought your point was going to be, Freddie, is we a lot of our social nurturing came every day. I, I love that going yeah. after the show and hanging out in the office and shooting the shit with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you just want again, where is it all going? Because we're just sort of still in the infancy of in, infancy of it. And what it's going to mean for these people 10, 15 years from now who know nothing different. Mm -hmm. Again, it can't be healthy. And even on the relationship level, like all these dating apps and everything, you know, it's easier to sit at home and swipe through the stuff and make contact that way, I guess, than going to a bar and spending 10 bucks for a beer and hoping you meet somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 as you say, it's becoming an epidemic pandemic whatever you want to talk about it this whole loneliness thing and mental health so tied to um social media and we see it and it's sitting there and it's it's just happening in front of us it's it's weird yeah it really is. it's it, and it's not stopping and it's not no. so just more human contact and better mm-hmm. human contact i sort of did a part two on this because i'd on a what i thought was an unrelated uh, topic was getting into this book called How to Know a Person uh, by uh, a guy like named David Brooks. I've seen him interviewed a lot of times and, I, you know, you just kind of like a person, like what they're saying. So I was like, what is he saying about how to know a person? And he basically goes, you know, it's better conversations, asking better questions, really listening, um, be vulnerable within a conversation. Uh, make and the the line that I loved is make someone or make the other person feel known. Mm-hmm. So if you can have a conversation and the other person feels known, then you've done something. So this is my new little thing. As much as I get out, uh, is to try and have a conversation, whether it's a familiar stranger or a friend or a bus driver i don't know a human contact i come mm-hmm. home and i went okay i had a human contact it wasn't a big deal but i did i did something and i guess it's it's tantamount to me you know putting the 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 old milk carton in the recycling wow look at me i've changed the world but so i know that it's 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 like if if i can do it and people can do it and you know if i'm if i'm a touch larry david there's a great line on the larry david promo for the new curb it's like i did the best i could as someone who hates people but was forced to be amongst them 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because true. a buddy of mine who's a, a golf friend of mine, and uh, he's uh, he hadn't seen me. It was been, I was going away before my birthday, and he gave me a present, and it was a T-shirt that said, I love golf and maybe three other people. <laughs> so let's talk about peta, peta, pita, peta, pita. Peta, pita. Uh, they've asked, uh, what have they done? It's Groundhog Day in a couple days, and yeah. uh, they've got some problems now. So they sent a letter to the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club requesting that uh, Phil, Punxsutawney Phil the Groundhog, be retired to a sanctuary. And they've offered a fair size, big gold coin mm. uh, where they should turn uh, Groundhog Day into set the animal free and turn Groundhog Day into a coin flip. Uh, and they've actually at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay they did a survey they said that uh, a coin flip would actually be more accurate than a groundhog <laughs> by about yeah. 10% but nevertheless uh, and call it uh, whether there'll be more winter day and whatever and yeah. I just it's so bizarre I mean well, it's not, it's, like it's they, not their most offensive campaign ever, but it's one of their most ridiculous <laughs> campaigns ever. Well, it's not like they eat the groundhog after. They, they used to. Just, oh, they did? Yeah, for hundreds of years. It, it, oh, I, that I didn't yes, know. Yeah, I didn't. In, that, the, see, uh, that I would understand. Like, if, if after yeah, the groundhog yeah. uh, predicted a winter or whatever, <laughs> they skinned it and ate it, okay, fine. <laughs> it's a bit they cruel. for centuries. But, oh, I mean, okay, but they don't now. So what is no, what is no. how is this um, how is this sort of cruelty to a groundhog? I don't. I don't get know. That. I wow. I have no idea, which is why I did the podcast. This one will pop on Thursday mm-hmm. about just generally looking at Groundhog Day. So I got interested in the history of it. It goes back 16th century, et cetera, et cetera, and and the Pennsylvania Dutch brought it to America from from the German regions. They they celebrated it in. And uh, it's also Candlemas on February 2nd, which is the 40th day of the Christmas Epiphany. Mm. So it's it's got Christian roots. Of course. Doesn't, hey, Larry, doesn't somewhere. everything have Christian roots? Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't want them to screw with Groundhog Day. To me, it's I love Groundhog Day. It's sort of the first rite of spring. You know what I mean? It's the first thing that gets you thinking spring. And he, as much bullshit as it is, if it says, oh, early spring, it's like, oh, great, early spring. Like it. See, I would have thought good. Groundhog Day would be less meaningful for you than, say, pitchers and catchers report, you know? Oh, well, that's just, well, that's part of it. It's yeah, like, it oh, it's Groundhog it. Day. Hey, next week, the pitchers and that's catchers right. report. Fantastic. I mean, that's again, I, 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 was, I was with you. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I never, since I stopped doing morning radio, and even then it was such a fucking, every hackneyed DJ, Groundhog, but, or, and then, of course, a whole morning of seeing his shadow. But uh, it's... <laughs> They could. Uh, who cares? I literally never think about Groundhog Day anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the what meaning, makes us different. Hmm. The the meaning of it has changed for about the last thirty years because Groundhog Day was this, and it still is. This will spring be early or, or late, but because of the movie Groundhog, we use Groundhog Day the way we used to say déjà vu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like uh, it's like Trump and Biden in November. Eh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, you know. Yeah, that's a good. And, and I thought true. you were also going to say, you know, and since global warming, you know, it becomes spring around the third week of January now, anyway. So <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry, yeah. understand. Quick if, point. Another thing that I, I 
No, I was going to say one other thing about, you know, spring coming, too. Since Major League Baseball started the season, it's the last week of March, but it used to be the first week of April. I love the fact that the baseball season starts in March now. Because as soon as you get to February, you can think baseball starts next month. And I might be a simpleton with the, with this, you know, line of thinking, but mm-hmm. it's, well, it, it I, helps me. The number of <laughs> well, things believe we me, We're simpletons in- for many other lines of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> We, the number of things, if you think about it, that we pack into Jan, Feb, and March because of the blah winter months. Right. Oh, yeah. It, anything from the, the Consumer Electronics Show, the Boat Show, the Auto Show, Groundhog Day, Valentine's Day, Family Day, March Madness, Daytona, the <laughs> Emmys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Grammys, uh, the Super Bowl. It's all packed into these three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to God help us get us through these terrible. And it months. makes sense because once once we, once Canadians can go outside or people in north in the northern hemisphere, no one wants to stay inside and watch any of that shit. Right. Um, yeah. We were talking. We've often talked on this show about the aging process because we're so deep. Um, and of course, you know, as we've all gotten older, it becomes. Uh, Apparent that we're not going to be here forever. And I noticed here in the notes that you just had a cataract eye surgery. Right. Uh, how did you, like a lot of, so what, 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 how did you know at first that you needed it? What was you, give us some of the symptoms and then how did you figure it out? The, the, uh, I have, and I've talked about this on, on your show before, uh, AMD, age related macular degeneration. Yes. And that I noticed because I started getting little flashes and flickers and spots and stuff. So I, I went to an eye doctor and I get treatments uh, every 12 weeks for AMD. So and I got a terrific eye doctor. And, and, uh, and I said to him, I said, uh, what about all the other eye stuff like cataracts and everything? Do I need a different eye doctor or is it you? And he's like, no, no, I keep an eye on all of that stuff. And uh, you're fine. I'll let you know. And I've been going to this AMD thing for, you know, four or five years, uh, getting treatment. And it really helps, by the way. I recommend it highly. Like, do it. I'm, like, even if you don't need it, just do it. It's fun like a day at the spa. It's, just, <laughs> it's fun getting a needle in the eye. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so a couple of uh, weeks ago, he said, yeah, it's time to do the cataracts. And uh, we do one eye at a time. And uh, your right eye is worse so we'll do that first and then a couple weeks after that we'll do the left eye so i just had the right eye done and uh even though i go every 12 weeks and i get needles in my eye i was so freaked out because now they're gonna i don't know exactly but they're gonna cut in and replace a lens in your eye replace it with what like saran wrap or a a better lens ah they where do they get the lens from they make them oh really at the lens at the islands place. The lens factory, yeah. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. And I found out, by the way, that the OHIP, the Ontario Health Insurance Plan, uh, covers cataract surgery, but that for another $800, you can get a better lens. Mm-hmm. So like, and then for $1,500, you can get an even better lens. I'm like, wow, okay. So did you I, go so for I the Cadillac the of cataracts? What's that? I said, did you go for the Cadillac of cataracts? I don't, I don't know. I know I didn't. I went oh hip, and uh, you know I'm on a fixed income. So the the uh, <laughs> I go for this thing, and um, it's a different place, same doctor but different place. And I'm so freaked out. I'm so nervous. I can't. I can't. And they give you eye drop, and the eye drops are all the freezing. They don't have to needle you in the eye this time. But uh, and you're waiting and waiting, waiting. Finally, you get in, 
and you're in this big sort of operating kind of chair that reclines and and uh, they, they give you also a little IV of um, they, the anesthesiologist said we call this fun juice mm. it doesn't it doesn't put you out but it just makes it all a little better and they plug some oxygen in your nose and they're doing the thing and like and suddenly I hear this big rip it sounds like somebody pulling off a yard of duct tape and <laughs> And then suddenly they put it on your forehead and back across the chair. And it's not duct tape, but it sure feels like it at first. Mm. They actually, through your forehead, strap your head down. He goes, this is just to ensure that we don't have any other movements. Uh, And I'm like, oh, I'm not moving. Yeah, when they're taking a scalpel to your lens, they don't want you fidgeting. Yeah, yeah. Any any ticks or any nervous. So so they kind of duct tape you in there in this thing with this kind of plastic wrap thing that just... And wow. it's so weird, um, but then, I, but then afterwards, you, you have to because of the uh, anesthetic, you have to be released with to an individual. Somebody has to come get you. Mm-hmm. But I was fine. I could have taken the subway home. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was fine. And what about the end result? Like when you close, like when you is is the can you see better out of the eye yeah, already? So, and well, yeah. I don't know whether it's psychosomatic. You're supposed to see better in in five to seven days, so which oh, okay. it's been now. But uh, by second, third day, I thought, I don't know. I'm just there's like better light. I'm seeing better. Mm. But did were, were you seeing when like when your doctor, the AMD guy, said, I think it's time. Were you starting to feel some other symptoms beyond the macular degeneration? Were you starting to feel like like how do you know when a, like my dog looks like a knee like my my, my bed said uh, Stan has a cataract but uh, he can't talk so how did you know you you felt that or did you? I, I didn't really I just sort of countered on him my eyes seemed about the same every day although my right eye has always been um, weaker thanks to a, a playground mishap years mm. ago so my left eye has always been doing all the heavy lifting you know so it it um, I I just noticed I don't know things things that even when I'm wearing my glasses I'm going outside uh, uh, and this is going to sound so freaking old but it's like that's the walk sign right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look around so, for other people walking that's right let's and, what's, what's the group doing and and you and you and the other one is yet to be done right so you won't get the full benefit of this until they're both done that, that I've uh, no I'm, I'm i'm starting to like my like i say it's it's just a little more equal now because the right eye is working as well as the left eye and once i get the left eye done mm-hmm. then I, I well that's what fred's saying you haven't had the left yeah. eye done well listen when you have the left eye done, come back and we'll talk right. about the benefits. Uh, man, you pack a lot into an appearance, and that's why we love having you on the show. Lots of great content. Later that same life is Larry's uh, podcast. New episodes on Thursdays, and there's a whole catalog. Um, I want to just come back full circle, as the people say. Yes. When you first started doing this for a variety of reasons, to a lot, I mean... It gets back kind of as far as being connected about about being able to broadcast, especially someone with a brain like yours. Did you do it for those reasons, as you've expressed, or did you also think there was a chance to make some money? I thought there was a chance to make some money, and I still do. But uh, I don't count on it, obviously. Mm. Um, Maybe it's just because of the style of my podcast or the... um, I don't really have a budget to promote it outside of just the regular social. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I'm, I'm still hoping it grows. It, it grows a little bit every few months. There's a few more subscribers. There's a few more comments. There's a few more uh, awards. You know, the, the one on Buffy St. Marie just went through the roof. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking if I can find a few more of those and expand it, maybe somebody will call and say, hey, I'll throw a few bucks a, a month your way, you know. But it wasn't the big motivator, I guess. No, I well, thought I might make some money on it, but it wasn't the big motivator. Was part of the motivation maybe to get another radio job? Because in the early no. days, that was part of what Howard and I thought. Would you, if you you still do some work in Kitchener, right, at the talk station there? Yeah, I get to do it from home, but which is the other great thing. But yeah, I fill in there occasionally. Maybe this isn't a fair question, but if they said, Larry, we want you full time now, five days a week, would you be into it? Can I do it from home? <laughs> Can I do it from home? Yeah. That's, seriously. But you'll become I, so lonely. I'm not well. <laughs> I, human contact in other ways. But I, 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 I'm not into driving somewhere. Right. I'm not going to move to Kitchener at this point. I'm not no, going with to. cataracts. Oh, Jesus. No, exactly. Some, no, no. I, <laughs> if. I just love how we're trying to tie in everything that's been said for the last 25 minutes. <laughs> if somebody said in, in Toronto, I don't know, I've, I've, I've thought about it and I thought, you know, why am I trying to decide when the phone isn't ringing? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, so, I know what you're talking about. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. This is such an academic uh, conversation. Listen, man, uh, as, I, uh, as I said at the beginning, it's always great having you. Hang out with us anytime, man. That's Larry Fedorik. Later that same life available. You be well. You be well, my friend. Talk to you in a few weeks. Larry will be back soon. It's uh, always a pleasure catching up with him. His podcast is available wherever you, uh, you know, get your podcasts. And it's a... very very different approach to podcasting than us you know the old guy stuff it's i remember my last doctor was since retired when i was into my 60s he said to me one day he said fred you know your condition throughout your life when you get something you just know it's gonna go away yeah but when you get in your 60s you know you're gonna be getting things that don't go away oh yeah and uh I've so far been lucky, but it's true. But like Larry's eye thing, like that's never going away, right? Like it's. I've really noticed that over my series of golf injuries over the years. Like I've got a couple of things that, you know, I don't talk about it all the time, but there's definitely some parts of my body that aren't, they're maintaining. I do a lot of working out and I do a lot of stretching and yoga, but, you know, at some point, uh, probably during the uh, recording of our show in the next three or four years, I'm going to have to have one of my hips looked at because yeah. it's definitely like it's been a year now that it's been bugging me. You and I played pickleball a year ago. I don't know when it was February or March. Mm-hmm. And I tore something in my right elbow and it's been hurting every day since. Yeah. yeah as you get older, the recovery, it just isn't, it isn't there or, you know, you literally, damage something that's never going to repair i mean to be fair i could have uh some i could go i mean i go to a guy and i i I just it's like what do i have him work on should i have him give me a shot on my my hip or a cortisone shot on my elbow um in the meantime i'll tell you why why don't we take care of some business we got dan duran standing by mike kazarian will be joining us soon um yeah. yeah well speaking of you know ailments you know, from time to time, we 
need prescriptions, you know, or we need to have our teeth looked at. It's uh, nice to be part of a benefits package where you work or privately, whatever, private business. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is one way to go. Go to uh, chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. It's all there. You put in the parameters sort of of your business, a profile of your business. They'll give you a price. You'll be pleasantly surprised what you can do for your small business, be it one, two people, maybe a hundred people. But it uh, really is doable for small business. You'll be pleasantly surprised by the price, dental, prescriptions, therapies. They have an HR component if you buy in at that level. They have a mental health component now, which is very valuable. You can get help almost uh, immediately. Uh, It's uh, very progressive, as we've said. They're always thinking ahead, and they're doing a great job on holding the line on premiums from year to year, Uh, because that's important for a small business. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca And uh, part of your portfolio might want to include a junior mining company. Of course, I'm speaking of Boron One. Looking at the stock price, holding steady. And again, we make no claims about possible stock increases, but we do want to present you with the facts, and the facts are very few junior mining companies get to the place that Boron One is at now, which is on the verge of taking boron under the ground, and as I mentioned many times, it is a very difficult mineral to mine, and therefore, not very many places on this planet are successful. So a company like Boron One on the uh, verge of something incredible, that might be a uh, place... Hang on a second. That might be a place you might want to look at, have your uh, Sherpa or our Sherpa... Uh, take a look at Boron One at boron1.com and find out all the magical things that Boron does. But most importantly for you as an investor, something to look at as this company has reached a place very few companies get to in this space. That's Boron, and the uh, ticker symbol is uh, Bone, B-O-N-E. Make all the Dandoran jokes you want. And you can find out more at uh, boron1.com. Okay, let me see that, let me see that. You know, I was talking to Dan yesterday, and, you know, for, we're all, you know, we, none of us like change, and, and Dan, for a long time, was pushing me to get a second screen, which I now use at the home studio. And uh, why it's important is now I don't have the second screen. I'm so used to having... A different workflow, as Dan Durand says it, mm-hmm. that uh, having to get used to just doing it on my computer, which, by the way, I did it for a long time when we first started doing the show on Zoom back in the pandemic days. And I said to Dan many times, I don't need a second screen, Dan. And now I'm 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 uh, I'm missing my second screen, Freddie. I'm taking mine with me. My second screen. Are you really? Yeah. What? Yeah, but it's small. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm I'm taking a carry-on full of equipment, so I will be doing that. Also, as a second screen, you can use, not to the same benefit, um, an iPad. 
Yeah, I Dan said that. I don't have. I don't you have. You can have the show on one screen and then scroll info on the other. Yeah, I need that. But I have two. Like I'm pointing at my second screen right here. So, how? What is your second screen? How big is it? It's just a like 15 inch laptop. So, yeah. which laptop? So, so you have two laptops you're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't yes. have. I don't have a second laptop. Well, and the second laptop is the one that Phil used. It's only worth like four or five hundred bucks. So maybe that's what you should invest in because it, you only you don't need it to do a lot, right? No, I just needed to have you on one screen and all my content yes. on another screen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but uh, listen, right now we're in uh, you know we're in a crisis mode at the company. We've got a big big issue with the rental car overages, so we'll have to see. Hey, um, did you get a new phone by the way? <laughs> No, not yet. I th- I will this week. Get your phone. I know. Get a phone, man. Um, okay, I got to get. Uh, gonna, where did um? Mike I'm just Kazarian trying to go? figure out: should I get the basic one, or should no. I get a 13, or should I get a 15? And my son says, "Don't get a 15 Pro. I don't need it." And I've been getting lots of advice. Well, you know what I said to you: you're a 67 year old man. You deserve a nice phone. Go get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Right on. Well, it's uh, do. time once again to uh, see if Mike Azarian's, uh There he is. Look at that man. Good morning, Howard. You know, Kazarian is Dan Duran handsome. I don't. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like he is. Oh, uh, striking, striking. Yes, <laughs> striking. Like uh-huh. if we, I don't want to get Dan Duran on here just yet because Dan does some acting, Mike does some acting, but Kazarian's definitely got that look, you know. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to be on your show every morning. <laughs> well, I'm sure you would. Uh, let me get your intro music here, my friend. I've got uh, Mike Kazarian intro music. Here we go. You only get one opportunity, one shot. To work with somebody like Kazarian at Lender's Choice Mortgages. Um, I have to say this because it's part of the legal. Mike Kazarian is one of the broker owners of Lender's Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance License 13582. Hello, Michael. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Mike. Good to see you. Good to see you. You know, last time we talked a lot about uh, people's mortgages coming due this year. Just remind everybody uh, what the significance of this year is in terms of Canadian mortgages. Yeah. Um, first of all, great to be back. But yeah, last uh, time I was on, we talked about uh, one million mortgages that were maturing in 2024 and another million mortgages that are going to be maturing in 2025 in Canada. So these mortgages are at much lower rates than they are today. So it's going to be a significant impact to people's uh, cash flow because um, their payments are going to be a lot higher. Do you have any sense for you? Because Mike's been in the business, uh, both in the you know the banking world and as an independent broker now for some time. But with based on your experience, and I know you get asked this all the time, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm sure people are always saying, Mike, what do you think? is going to happen and where give me two two answers where are mortgage rates now generally and where do you think they might go uh where they are right now well it all depends on the fixed rate terms that you're looking at or variable rate terms that you're looking at so that's a pretty loaded question howard um not a simple question to answer but obviously from 
the peak of uh, February 2022. Interest rates are, well, the Bank of Canada rate is four and a quarter percent higher than it was back then. So, um, so yeah, we're paying much higher rates, particularly if you're on a variable rate mortgage. Uh, in 2022, we saw interest rates probably in the low 3% ranges on fixed rate mortgages. Uh, some might even be under 2%. And now we're in the 5.5% range. On, so it's, it's a huge difference. And that game, uh, the Bank of Canada last week held the line on um, interest rates. But they always have that little attachment saying, yeah, they could go down or they could go up. So that whole, that whole you know mystery still surrounds mortgage rates going forward it's been a mystery since mm-hmm. the start of the pandemic and when bank of canada started raising interest rates so yeah i agree with you fred it, it is a mystery nobody has a crystal ball i mean inflation is coming down and it's where the bank of canada it's close to where the bank of canada wants to be at so we are going to see interest rates start to come down in 2024 as to when that happens nobody knows but Mm -hmm. you know it could be in the first quarter it could be you know june july we'll we'll see but uh, the six big banks are forecasting a one percent decrease in rates in 2024 and another one percent in 2025 so well and you said something interesting there to me that you know, people who had, well, you just say a three-year mortgage at, at two or three percent, they're going to be up for renegotiation in the old model for most people and including us. You know, I've never used a mortgage broker because it seemed like, oh, uh, you just go to the bank and take whatever they give you. And at, because the rates were so low for so long, it really didn't matter. You're paying a couple points, whatever it was, money was cheap. But now, now's the time where people are going to need somebody like you because you're not just tied to one lender, one rate. And maybe talk a little bit about that, how how much more important this next year is going to be if people's mortgages are coming up to use someone like Mike. Are you Mike Kazarian? Yes, you are. So talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, good point, Howard. Like, for sure, when, when your mortgage comes out for renewal at your financial institution, they're going to say, here's your, here's your rate, here's your options. And you either going to take it or you're going to leave it. And you need to shop around. And I think most people are going to shop around more now than ever. Um, so whether you go to every financial institution, knock on their door, have them do a credit check on you, do an application, um, or you're just going to ask about what the rates are. Um, coming to somebody like myself, like we do that shopping for you. So, um, you know, and we have no preference to any one lender. We're going to go wherever it makes sense for you. But it's, it's, it's about the rate, but it's also about the advice. Because I'm going to be here five years from now when your mortgage comes up for renewal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here through your whole mortgage process. So we're here to guide you. But one thing I want to talk about is fixed versus variable rates. We, mm-hmm. we kind of talked about, um, you know, where interest rates are going. We, we know that there's a lot of mortgages maturing in Canada over the next two years. But I think what people want to hear is, what should I do? Mm-hmm. So what should they do? Well... <laughs> Look, not you know, no shoe fits every person the same way, right? No. So everybody's different. Um, but let's let's just talk about variable rates for a second. A variable rate mortgage is one that's tied to the Bank of Canada rate, and that can fluctuate when the Bank of Canada rate goes up or down. So we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, the interest rates were low. People were getting low, low rates on their variable, um, and then as interest rates rose, people's interest rates went up, and eventually. 
cost them more more money. So there are some pros to a variable rate mortgage. One, you can lock it into a fixed rate term equal to or longer than your remaining term at any time. Um, so that's important. And a lot of people don't know that. They don't know that a variable rate, you can lock it in. So two years from now, if rates are low, you can lock it into a three, four, or five-year fixed rate. There is a huge advantage. And it's the back second... To- Oh, I'm sorry, and people's appetite for, if you want to call it risk, some people just go, oh, I just want to not have to worry about this for five years, when it's probably not the right financial decision. Yeah, but Fred, when people say that to me, it's a clear red flag that they are adverse to risk. Yeah, And so when they say, you know, I I just want to forget about it, then, you know, maybe a fixed rate is better for you. Mm -hmm. So then we have to look at, okay, well, where do we think interest rates are going to go over the next five years? And does it make sense to lock into a four or five year fixed rate when we're, you know, a little bit off the peak? So maybe a one or two or three year fixed rate might be better for you. Right. Right. Uh, so, and yeah. So, so, you know, one other thing about the variable rate, because you can lock it in at any point in time, um, that's advantageous. But another advantage is that if you do want to break a variable rate mortgage, the penalty is only typically three months interest penalty. So your penalty to break a variable rate mortgage is much lower than it would be on a fixed rate mortgage. You know, I didn't, here's the thing. I mean, having, I've had mortgages for a long time and I've always been a bit nervous to tie it as a variable because of what you just described. But I think that's great information. I didn't, I didn't know that because you think about a variable rate that you could lock it in if, if it's a good rate, but you could also lock it in if you start, if things are starting to look a little nervy, like if you had a variable rate in 2022, as things started to rise, I'm sure a lot of people said, okay, screw it. Let's lock it in now before it gets any worse. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people did, for sure. And that's that's a huge advantage to having that variable rate mortgage. Um, and, and a lot of people didn't because nobody forecasted 10 rate increases but yeah so that's a huge advantage to that variable rate mortgage now when we look at a fixed rate mortgage a fixed rate is locked in for the entire term so whether it's one two three four five seven or ten year term it's locked in so it gives you that peace of mind you can sleep at night you know this is your payment for the next three years five years whatever it is but the problem with a fixed rate might be if you lock it in for too long and your financial situation changes you may not be able to support those payments the way you did in year two and year five. Well, that, that can happen if you had a variable rate mortgage too, right? If your financial situation changes, you lose your job, you get a divorce, whatever happens. Um, Wait, I've done all those things. I've got sure. all I've got all those things on my bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's like 10 years ago. I did all that. Job, divorce, death, did it all, baby. <laughs> and, and, and were you in a fixed or a variable rate at that time? You know, Mike, there was so much. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you knew me at that time. There was so much chaos that who knew? I don't know. Did I have a mortgage? Maybe. Who knows? Well, all that said, who cares? What was your handicap at that time? Here's How what I know. Thing? Here's what I know. During that time, uh, that was when I was on Tinder. I was going Tinder crazy, and Mike and I played golf one Saturday morning. It was the after, it was the morning after this 
date that went completely sideways. And Mike was the first person I ever told that story to. And it was to, to this very day. All I have to say to Mike is meow, meow. And he gets a little smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I, you know, I wasn't going to go there. What I was going to say is, you know, we have two cats. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. whatever. I remember that story. That's a great one. Anyways, Kazarian, uh, I got to tell you, we're very impressed by someone. First of all, today, the, the uh, feed, the Zoom feed, absolutely perfect. So we've nailed that. Fantastic. I'm on my iPad now. I switched to, uh, you know, a newer technology. Well, I can also tell you that we updated our Zoom uh, uh, server and it seems to have solved this problem. Uh, Mike Kazarian, uh, the whole point about this conversation is Mike's an expert. You probably are going to have a mortgage conversation with somebody this year. We'd like you to support us by supporting Mike Kazarian at Lenders Choice Mortgages. It's Lenders Choice ca um there's a phone contact at that website get mike a call and as i said the other day about you mike you know you may not have that mortgage due this month but you might want to start having that conversation and and you'll look at them just as a a second opinion like the sherpa does have a conversation with mike and, and just have a look at what somebody's situation is yeah, absolutely. If your mortgage is maturing even next year, like now is the time to start planning ahead. Um, you're going to get a renewal notice 120 days prior to your mortgage maturing, but um, you need to know what to expect. And, and maybe there's options for you now that might make more sense for you to break your mortgage early. All right, my friend. I love the fact that mortgages mature, but but Fred and I don't. That's <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> K. Kazarian, LendersChoice.ca. Great job, my friend. I'll, uh, I'll reach out later and get you a copy of this. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have hey, a great day. Appreciate you. All right, Mike. Take it easy. Appreciate you, yeah, sir. You too, yeah, man. I've had some uh, some big laughs with my friend Mike Kazarian, and uh, I'll tell you what—he knows what he's doing. You know, I, I didn't. Did you, I, I'm sure you knew this, but I didn't realize that with a variable, or maybe I knew this at one time, that you can actually lock it in if you feel like you're starting to get nervous about the rate. Well, you, but the the rate will change. Say your your variable is three percent, and you want to lock in. Right, they will give you a lock in price. Right. It will be more because so, you're locking in for a term. Right, so it might be you know at the time it may have been you know lock in at three and a half, three and three quarter. But my um my mother in law has never had anything but a variable rate mortgage. And a few years ago, I remember she told me her financial person did crunch the numbers and. Over the past, like, 25 years, you're farther ahead with a variable than you are with one locked in. Now, that may have changed recently, but traditionally that would have been the way to go. But you have to have a stomach for it. Yeah. I never did. I always locked in. Yeah, I was too. one of those guys. I just want to forget about it. Same with me. Uh, one thing I did, and we should talk about this with Mike as well, um, because this is a, there's a lot of conversations around money and mortgages. I was... Uh, Sort of later, I got my first mortgage. I was 30, I want to say 32 years old. You had already had a house for five or six years at that point in your life, did you not? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I was a little late there. And, and what I did though is I was, I, I, the, the idea of paying off a, a mortgage over 25 years, I never, I, I just wanted to pay it down as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. So I made extra payments. I did it biweekly and all those things that you can do in a mortgage that will help, you know, take down your interest rates or not take them down, but pay less interest because you're paying it quicker. 
But, you know, prior to this bump in interest rates, the previous 10, whatever it was, 12 years when they were historically low, it was better not to pay yeah. off your mortgage. No, exactly. Better to pay your mortgage and invest other money elsewhere. But we, well, for sure. But remember, when we first got our mortgages, I first got my mortgage, it was 11 and 13 percent. Oh, the crazy, impetus was crazy. to get rid of it as fast as possible. Oh, absolutely. Back then. Yes. Yes. In prehistoric times. Exactly. Back in the, in the Stone Age. Hey, mm-hmm. look, it's fancy shirt. Dan Duran's got a fancy shirt today. I do. Special day. Special Lisa's birthday day. Special Lisa's birthday day. Where's Lisa? Has she, has she um, warmed up to the idea of us saying happy birthday to her? Not really, no, because I, I haven't been able to talk to her. She's in her office. She's uh, you know, a high-powered executive doing high-powered executive mm. Zoom meetings right really? now. Really? So yeah. um, what... Are you going to prepare the dinner for all the guests that are coming? Or are well, I've been request. It's been requested that I uh, I make my uh, my shrimp that I make up at the lake all the time. So I'm going to be uh, shrimp on the Barbie time tonight. Right. Yeah. But is that an appetizer? Or is that the mainer? Uh, I, I think that's one of the elements. I don't know what the rest of the. There's been plans made, so mm-hmm. I, I know that that's an element of my uh, my experience, and also setting that's up good. the fire pit and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I've had that shrimp many a night, sitting by the fire, mm-hmm. nursing a nice glass of you know maybe proper twelve or some Jameson, mm-hmm. eating Dan's shrimp, looking at the stars, listening to music. Ha! Oh. Sounds Happy delightful. For something. Said, so, you know, just, you know, trying to find something to argue about. <laughs> trying to find meaning in the universe. Yeah. Dan, when Fred's, was- when Fred's speaking to you, do you feel heard? Do you feel known? Absolutely. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got to have those conversations of whatever it is that we got to argue about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it makes the fire interesting and mm-hmm. makes at least want to go to bed. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two guys oh, yeah. getting all boozed up. Next thing you know, there's a brawl. Oh, no, that's me and Lumby. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. If it when, was uh, when Dan starts talking to me in that pissed off, choppy delivery, I know it's time to go to bed. Yeah, good time. No, they've seen the arms on the man. If he ever socked me, oh my I'd, God. Be, in, I'd be in big trouble. Oh, For you I'd people that are trouble. new, I uh, haven't seen this Facebook feed before. Dan's covering up his giant man arms, but mm-hmm. it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of it is from all the handiwork he does. And the other part is, is when he jerks off, it's such a big thing that he has. It's oh, it's uh, it builds up his biceps. Oh, he squeezes the life right out of that thing. Hey, <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Have you ever punched anyone? Have you? You don't. Have you ever no. punched? Them? No. Ever in have your you? life? He's wanted them? to punch me on several occasions. I swear he has. <laughs> oh, several Who has occasions. It? Oh, who, who has it? No, I've never done that. Include, you? By the way, Fred, including myself. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You have? <laughs> yeah. What, what's it like? You'd be like Self-hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, notice I notice me. you're not asking me, Dan, because you know, you know the answer. Well, yeah, I know that you're in your hockey days. You're probably just, you well, know, punched plenty. you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had, yeah, I've had a couple of fights when in my teens, early teens. But I was not much of a scrapper. But yes, I have thrown a punch in my life. Not many, but I have. I'm trying to think, when was the, I guess Dan was actually there the night I had my last fight with uh, <laughs> with Lumby, where I uh, I assured him that I was going to end whatever little life he had left in him. Mm-hmm. I, and and by the way, defending you, Dan Duran. But it was a drunken. I know. I know. It was a drunken I was there. brawl. 
It was a drunken ball. I cried. It was like uh, my jaw dropped across the kitchen, and then it went into the patio or the, the oh, yeah. veranda. That's the old drinking uh, days, my friend. That's the yeah, old, old scotch and whiskey days. Yeah. That's got to be unsettling, though, too. Oh, Real yeah. good friends to come to fuck. Oh, know. fuck. It was the worst thing ever, man. What was, you, the, what was the atmosphere like, like soon as it was over? Uh, like you got Very up. sad. Did you talk yeah. about it or oh, did yeah, you just go to bed? Well, oh, we were talking about okay. how weird that was and then immediately apologized and then uh, took a long time before we spoke about it again. Mm-hmm. And Dan finished eating. <laughs> <laughs> the whole um, time I was just <laughs> pulling something out of the fridge. Yeah. The entire time Dan dared to go into Lumby's fridge. Uninvited. <laughs> And that's what started I was standing with the fridge open door, just chewing on leftovers while these two were going at it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I felt, without getting too much deeper into that, I just felt Dan had been wronged and I wanted to make that point. Anyway, listen, guys, we've got a lot of of stuff to get to. Uh, Freddie, have you uh, done uh, your, your good work with Bodog yet? No, I'm about what? to do that now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, Stand by. Stand by, please. Standing by. I'm standing by. Here we go. Okay. Uh, this Tuesday morning before the uh, Super Bowl on Sunday, still pretty much a toss-up. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, the Maple Leafs will not lose this week. I'm telling you that. They will not lose this week. Great <laughs> news. They don't play. They don't play. No, I got it. It's they're hilarious. Off. <laughs> they're off and they're all-star. <laughs> I know. Are you finished? I'm done. Yes, Bodom. Um, by the way, speaking of the NHL All-Star Game at the Scotiabank Center this week week's end, they're doing something. And do you see this story? They're doing something that, for the first time, the winner of the skills competition will receive $1 million <laughs> as a prize. Yes. What do you think of that? Fine. Like, I don't care. Why? What do you think? It just seems a bit... I don't know, a little bit cheesy to me. The you got this whole uh, you know this league where you're supposed to have all these high pro you know high priced because right. high priced athletes only right. the best. It's not like some journeyman's going to show up where a million dollars would be significant, right? But you've got all the best players in the league. It just seems a bit weird, but you know maybe because I've never heard of it before. Uh, yeah, no, you've thought about it way more than I have. Uh, good points you make. Uh, I just saw that, that, you know, skills competition, you know, it's pro sports. There's always money involved. So I didn't pay much of a mind to it, to be honest. Do players have to play play in this thing? It's not that, you know, it's funny you say that because usually players want to play on it because it's, you know, becomes part of their legacy. How many all-star games did you play in? There are... Uh, circumstances where some players would rather have the time off, but generally they're asked and they play. But there's no rule you have to if you're asked. Oh, no, no, no. No, I mean, sometimes players that are, if you're injured or you're nursing an injury, oftentimes a player will say, I'm going to skip the All-Star game so I can get a a week uh, of rehab in. 
Well, look at the Maple Leafs, for example. They played Saturday night. They don't play again, I think, until next Monday or Tuesday. If you didn't go, if you were not asked to the All Star game, most of them have taken off now to the Bahamas and, yeah. you know, for sunny climbs um, and enjoying themselves for six or seven days. So if you're a real good player, you've been asked to the All Star game, you can't do that. So it's, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other, no, so is to it? speak. Uh, yes. Okay, and uh, before we get to Dan Duran's news, um, Oh, this is a story you're going to hate because, you know, you hate this Taylor Swift, uh, Swift chick for some reason. I I can't oh, no. figure it out, but... Um, yeah, you hate. I do not. Every text you send me about Taylor Swift is inappropriate and filled with hate and rage. Not really, but okay, I'll go with that. All right. All right. Well, to establish, I have nothing against the woman. I just get tired of the network showing her. So well, that's all. Yeah, well, you know what, son? Get over it. And here's why the network shows it. Uh, and I got this information listening and watching to your boy, the great uh, Brian Hayes last night, watching Overdrive mm-hmm. on TSN. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, doesn't share your dist- uh, distaste for showing Taylor Swift. And here's why. Uh, the NFL has released and revealed that Taylor Swift and the Swift-Kelsey romance has increased and the value of it, $330 million is the social media, uh, advertising, whatever. I don't, I'm going to get the story here in a second. Um, it's quite interesting. I'll send it to you. Later, you can have a look at it. But uh, Taylor Swift has generated a whopping $330 million for NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't dispute that. And, you know... The times uh, we're in right now, you know, conspiracies, as you know, are huge yeah, things. Heard. There's a whole conspiracy out there now that the NFL wanted Kansas City in the Super Bowl because of that, because of that, because of the romance between Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift. I don't believe that for a second, but it's out there. It's a crazy world in which we live in now. Mm, yeah, and, I saw uh, that. I, I was going to mention that. It's in my notes here, but I saw it the other day after the game. That mm-hmm. there is this whole thing online about people saying, well, you know, the whole thing was fixed and penalties and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. um, one other thing I will mention, too. There is video of Taylor Swift. She's had enough of it. Yes. She showed her in the she showed showed her in the press box. And again, the camera was on her and she looked up at the monitor and she they, you could see her mouthing. Please go away. Yeah, I know. That's why I said to you before. She's not. Well, I said this to you the other day. She's not the one no. taking the shots of her in the press bo- in the uh, private boxes. And, uh, yeah, but uh, so the numbers are uh, very impressive. One hundred and sixty, one hundred and sixty million just to uh, where's this number here? I just had it a second ago and I got all excited. Um, let me just find this. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, in October, when the Swift Kelsey romance became a national sensation, um, in October alone. 166 million. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I, yeah. But the irony is, so Taylor sort of agrees with me. Please go away. Well, That's she doesn't agree with the fact you hate her. No, I don't she doesn't agree with She's, you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, another, there's another report that says that, uh, that Taylor Swift in a three-hour game on, uh, generally is only getting like 25 seconds of screen time. So this mm-hmm. is maybe... Well, I, I pointed that out on Monday. There was, there was four shots of her over the entire game. Three they pulled back. Three when Kelsey did something, and fourth was when they were promoting the Grammys. 
But as far as stars and sports go, I get it. I know exactly what they're doing. For the NHL All-Star Game, ESPN just spent the last week in Stratford because they're doing a whole expose on Justin Beaver's ties to hockey, his hometown, being a Leaf fan. They know what they're doing. So during that All-Star Game, there'll be a lot of Justin Bieber fans just tuning in to see that feature. I want to see that feature, actually, to be honest, because they talked to his coach. You know, he was what he was the captain of the team, one of the best players, and then had to leave the team the next year because he became a star. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like twelve years old or whatever he was. Yeah, imagine that. Um, check this out, Kelsey Gear, uh. Travis Kelsey Gear, um, and she's selling merchandise for him. His gear had a four hundred percent increase, and Kelsey, who's you know at the tail end of his all-star career but you know this he's not new anymore he became a top five selling jersey after taylor swift attended her first chiefs game mm-hmm. listen i know you don't hate her um mm-hmm. you just hate what she stands for no it's for. a good it's a, <laughs> I, <what? laughs> you just you just hate what she stands for anything good no i don't even hate that all right I just got tired of them showing her in the press box. I don't. How many times do I have to say that? Should I put it on a reel and play it like constantly? Here, put it on this reel. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you can do: spin it on this reel. Uh, hey, Dan Duran, are you emotionally ready to start the news? Sure, why not? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think we lost him there for a second. Oh yeah, like he. I you, do. You could, if I you do. could go back and look at the uh, Facebook yeah. uh, feed, he just yeah. zoned out during oh, that entire thing. No, no, I, I know. Oh, no, I was. I was looking up. I was just. I was trying to get re-educated on the whole far right Taylor Swift Kelsey uh, okay. con- conspiracy. You're doing theory research. That, I know. All right, I was you're doing research. To, There's to a be conspiracy fair. theory that's way out there that has something to do with uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, this whole thing has been generated so they could support Biden in some way. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I saw that. that yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Dan, that's a great point. There's this whole thing out there because she supports Trump. That part of the conspiracy is that or she doesn't support Trump. No, because she doesn't support Trump. And I played that I clip. Say. No, I played that clip of her three or four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, trying to you know her, her her people didn't want her to come out against trump because of the death threat of the death threats around her mm-hmm. right but now there's a conspiracy like that that the fbi is involved in the cia and whoever and that you know that it's been going on for whatever it doesn't make any sense because i mean the, the, they didn't it's like they generated the Taylor Swift popularity somehow. Oh, I see. Yeah, they her, did that. Uh, I, 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 yeah, the the FBI went around it. the planet and spoke to children of every nationality and said, <laughs> you need to support Taylor Swift so that we can right. support Biden. <laughs> yeah, right. How stupid. You know, that's one thing. Should I play that clip now? You know what it surprises me about these people? It's just how fucking stupid they are. What clip? The Joe Rogan clip? Or should we save it till tomorrow? Yeah, well, we can. I mean, it just shows. And, you know, I have another story attached to that that I'll tell, too, about Dana White, you know, of a UFC or whatever he's right. in charge of. These people are just so fucking uh, prolifically stupid. Yeah, like, let's save until tomorrow. Mouth, they, yeah, they just don't. When they say something, you know, the not only the fallout, but the next step doesn't make sense in what they're saying. And anyway... 
All right. Well, let's finish off with Dan Duran's news, and then we will. Uh, we have lots of leftover show tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll talk about a 99-year-old Dan, someone you went to school with, a oh. 99-year-old who broke a swimming record. Imagine what? that. Yes, but first, no. Was it a male and a woman's story? What? <laughs> was it a male and a woman's competition? It was an old granny. Yes, an old grandpa dressed. But they all by that time, everybody's got titties. <laughs> okay, it's, it's time for Dan Duran. No, actually, everyone except for you, because you had uh, you had D. D uh, what did you have? Fuck, it's, you know, flattening surgery. Yeah, yeah. You'll be the only old guy without titties. I had breast reduction surgery. <laughs> no. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the birthday girl's house Mr. and Mrs. Duran celebrating Lisa's birthday today Dan making his famous shrimp and a fire Oh, it's fantastic Oh, to be in Peterborough Now that Lisa's birthday is here Uh, Now with the news, here's Movie Anchorman and all around good fellow Daniel J. Giebert Duran Esquire. With increased demand for electricity, it's time to unshut down another four nuclear reactors. According to the CBC, the Ontario government will be announcing today that it wants to refurbish the 50-year-old Pickering Nuclear Generating Station, uh, potentially keeping the plant operating for another 30 years. Now, demand in Ontario has uh, increased sharply. And over the uh, coming decades, uh, it's it's going to you know spike up now that especially now that Howard has a, an electric car. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all the provinces have federal clean electricity regulations that they have to uh, keep in mind. Uh, and power plants are supposed to produce zero net uh, carbon emissions in the near future. The four nuclear units that would be refurbished are all can-do reactors. They date to the 80s. It's collectively known as Pickering B. There is a Pickering A. It has two reactors that are dormant. They were going to rent it, refurbish those. But there was a controversy with um, Hi- uh, Ontario Hydro a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that. With the uh, What are you smiling at right now? Because <laughs> you're laughing it's, at No, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just thinking, like, it's too bad they couldn't hook up some kind of uh, 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 device to Fred and I because we're fucking massive reactors. <laughs> <laughs> all, all we do is react. Actually, we're overreactors. Overreactors, yeah. So That's anyway, right. there's there's four reactors. Uh, two, the other two reactors at Pickering A are being shut down at the end of the year. Uh, so that leaves no reactors. Really, I think the the ones at Pickering B are uh, licensed to go to 2026. So this is a mm-hmm. big change for Pickering. We uh, uh, Dan works at Pickering, doesn't he, uh, uh, Fred? Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. One of those. Yeah, a friend of ours works at one of those nuclear reactors now. Anyway, um, there's uh, other stations that have been uh, at, at Bruce. The mm-hmm. There's the Bruce nuclear, nuclear generating stations that mm-hmm. have been refurbished. Darlington's uh, in the process of doing the same thing. Uh, $12.8 billion is what they're spending over there. And this refurbishment will take another 11 years. And they say create about 11,000 jobs. They haven't announced how much the budget is for this thing. You know, you know how those reactors got their name. 
Um, somebody said, can they generate lots of electricity? And they said, can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have you know, that I, I think, um, the dad joke. <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> I think what? Fred's. I think Fred's tired. No, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't think, and I'm just going to admit this because I don't. I'm not very bright when it comes to certain things. I'm not That's a. Truth. I'm, I'm not. I know. I know you know everything, but I don't know everything. I know. Yes, you do. When it comes to this kind of thing, like mm-hmm. if I were being, if I were kidnapped, and they say, "Okay, listen, we'll let you go if you can explain." How new? How if you can give us even a rudimentary explanation of nuclear. Uh, fusion or how it generates energy? I'd say fucking kill me. I have no idea. Well, I think you're in a big group, Howie. Well, mean, okay, we got these reactors out there. What happens right. to create energy? Anybody? They split atoms, don't they? Isn't that what the idea? The reactor what? creates the okay, reactor. Split, I could have come up with split atoms, but then what happens? Well, they, then they harness the energy. Okay. What more do you fucking want? Okay, they harness the energy. How? Harness. <laughs> hook it up to a fucking harness and pull it out? See, you don't know why. They throw the Sedexedra cord. See, it's just one of those things that, you know, like, I don't really know how this microphone works. I know Dan does. <laughs> Dan, I want to ask, what was the point of that story? I thought you were doing a direct beeline to criticizing the Ford government on some level. Were you or no, not? No, I, I, oh, you okay. know, it's, it's just interesting that in our society, like these stations, they keep talking about shutting them down. And that, the, the whole pickering was supposed to be, you know, going dark yeah. in 2026. There was okay. going to be no reactors there. And yeah, then but, right, but, now we're spending billions trying to get it back up and running again because our electricity demand is, has increased so much. Just an interesting. It is interesting. You know, now, but now you take a crack at explaining how it works. Who? Okay. Oh, Dan. Okay. Not yeah. you. You go. You have no idea either. <laughs> you, you, you just fucking plug the thing in. <laughs> My, I, lo- I love how your first thing was you split the atom. Oh, is that right, Einstein? And then what? Well, you just happened? talked about how stupid you are, so I thought you needed that information. I did need that. Okay, go ahead, Dan. How does it work? Okay, so basically, there's a reactor that creates heat when nuclear okay. fission. Okay, so the Thank heat you. is then harnessed by a steam system, and they create steam, and they that's what they do is they have these steam turbines that create electricity. That's how it works. Thank you, Dan. Oh. And what about the rods? Like, we all, you know, the what was that fucking movie? The China Syndrome, the rods yeah. melting down. What are, the, what are they all doing? Well, the, well, the, plo- the closer the rods get to the uh, nuclear or whatever, when they, the reaction itself, it creates more and more heat. And so the rods are there to cool, and the rods are there to cool the reacting. No, that's there mm-hmm. there to make the reaction happen. Ah. You pull the rods away and out uh, when uh, when you want less of a reaction, basically. And okay. those rods, over time, they lose their power, and then they have to put them in a you know pool. And there's okay, here comes Fred with a dick joke, everybody. Here comes Fred. <laughs> I was just going to say all this rod talk. That's too easy. That's, that's I know. I was easy. I was going to wait for you. I was going to give you first crack at the rod. Oh. I'm not. I can't be bothered. Um, (laughs) Really? No, I can't. At this point, it was just too easy. It's just laying there, flaccid. All Um, right, Dan, thank you for that. Interesting point. You know, he talks about the steam, and it warms the water, which is pushed out into Lake Ontario. And they think this is part of the reason that a lot of millions of Canada geese no longer migrate south. They just go and stay in the warm water by the nuclear uh, plants during the winter. 
Have you heard this theory, Dan? Yes, I have. Yes. And it's because they, well, any kind of animal that, <laughs> or, or, you know, bird that, that uh, you know, fishes or uses mm-hmm. the water. When it freezes over, they have no place, so then they would fly south. But the water doesn't freeze over yeah. around the plants. I'm so just going to give Dan a lot of credit because I can't even imagine the number of nights sitting around the fire, drinking 12-whatever-gauge, listening to music, and fucking uh, Einstein here talking about candy keys. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you don't just jump into the fire head first. <laughs> Fucking end it. Fucking Canada geese comes up. (laughs) Like he starts yelling about the geese. I would just fucking burn myself alive and then jump into the lake. It's like clockwork. It's like clockwork. Of course. You know, when we get up at the lake is always no question. You know, it's the it's the moms and the dads that are floating by and then he swears and then it's all a little, you know, little goslings. And And I count them. Look at those fuckers had 12. (laughs) Look. Some Boy, of them have the twelve little birds f- swimming. Yeah, well, those are those are clearly Mormons and shit. Um, okay, listen, we got to go. Uh, that's a lot of show for people uh, live from uh, Mexico, from Brampton, and uh, Dan Duran in Peterborough. Give Lisa our best. Uh, Larry Fedoric, always a pleasure talking to him. Uh, Lenders Choice Mortgage, LendersChoice.ca. Thanks to Mike Kazarian, Jay Bondi with us tomorrow, as well as. Oh, Ralph Van Murgy. Oh, that'd right be great. On. I love it when Ralph's on the show. Yeah, me too. He makes so much sense. I had a nice conversation privately with Ralph a few weeks ago, and it's very much like his appearances on this show. At the end, you just feel we're all doomed. <laughs> there's really, it's very, it's, it's not, it's a very educational conversation. It's not extremely hopeful. But uh, anyway, we look forward to it as always because he's so goddamn smart. He knows what nuclear reactors do. All right, Dan. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. That's Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. Tell other people about us. We'd appreciate that if they subscribe or maybe just share an episode and, you know, say, hey, here's the guys and it's probably a good show you might want to listen to. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, for heat, push in those rods and enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? I got a turntables and a microphone.